Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are doing another inspiration episode. We are doing The Wicker Man. <laughs> yes, 1973 is The Wicker Man. <laughs> yes, not, not the 2006 version. <laughs> no, although I have seen that one. And typically, as I do with so many movies, I got to the very end of this movie and said, wait a minute, have I seen this before? <laughs> <laughs> there should be, they should really develop like filing cabinets for brains. And <laughs> you definitely need one because I think you do say that after every movie you watch together. Although I think I've just seen the end of this movie because there was a time when I was in college where I watched a bunch of horror movies, but I've always loved mm-hmm. a horror documentary. And they would have these things on Bravo where they'd be like, the 100 best horror movies of all time. And I'm uh-huh. almost positive they showed the ending scene of this in one of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think the 2006 version, I've only seen parts of it, but I think it's like the ending is pretty, it's pretty much the same thing from what I can remember. Yeah, I do. I do think I've seen that one. And it, there's definitely sacrifice involved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I remember it was I because it came out in 2006. So I was pretty young, but I remember seeing like little bits and pieces. I think my parents were watching it, but it is not rated very highly. So I don't believe it's a <laughs> great adaptation. Well, I kept looking up because after watching it, I was like, now I wonder how this influenced David Lynch because it's not too far ahead of the stuff and we can get into right. what I found about that. But when I was trying to look it up, uh, I kept getting the other Wicker Man come up because Nicolas Cage is in Wild at Heart, which we will be doing in the very near future. And right. so it was like the Nicolas Cage man. Anyway, <laughs> the, whatever the combination of words I was using kept bringing me to the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. Over and over. <laughs> I feel like because it was so much more recent. And to me, this movie, this Wicker Man feels like a very culty kind of film like even though it's I don't know if it's very because I had never really heard of it until the Nicolas Cage one but I was also really young so I didn't know if this was this didn't seem like one of those movies where it was like super super popular and also because of the time period like it was like kind of before satanic panic but I can imagine people were like we can't watch this movie it's too scary (laughs) well I think what I've looked up because I don't know where I got my list of things that influenced David Lynch. There are like five or six on the internet that that I found, and I just compiled my own version of it. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really write down why this is an inspiration. Has he said it's an inspiration to him, or is it just like we can see parallels? But I think this one, they were trying to say that Twin Peaks, because it's kind of like got a folk horror vibe, because like the land is magic and you know stuff like that it's that uh, Mm -hmm. that's what and maybe it influenced mark frost more than david lynch or it could just be like one of those things that like you know it's in the zeitgeist and so i don't know if david lynch has ever specifically said the wicker man was an influence (laughs) (laughs) it was right before he was in film school so i imagine he or like maybe even while he was still in art school so i imagine it would have been influential because I think back on movies I saw at that time period and they definitely were influential on me. Right. And I think uh, like a lot of this film, I, I feel like watching it, I could see a lot of the like, uh, influ- like, I, I don't know, it might be one of those things where when it came out, it was almost like an unintentional influence on David Lynch. Like maybe they studied it or something, but I feel like I could see 
similarities, whether they were intentional or not while watching it. Like in the, the kind of like almost in the way that the they town. throw in random scenes and yeah. what'd you say? I said the townspeople. <laughs> yeah. How about, you know, everyone's kind of a little weird in their own way. And I just think, and like, like you said, like the local folklore um, aspect of it, I just feel like I could see some of that. And then I think also from what I've read and we can kind of talk about it more in notes, it seems like this movie was kind of like from an actor's standpoint, maybe from like a film buff standpoint that it was very much like at its time revered and like people liked it a lot like who were really into film uh-huh. um so i'm not sure if it was necessarily ahead of its time or something but it just seemed to make an impact on people oh well that's definitely yeah i mean i didn't write down any formal notes because this is one of our casual episodes but right. i did look up some stuff so i do know a few things about it but should we do our our first impressions <laughs> sure it's about to start storming, so you guys will probably get some thunder in the background. <laughs> some uh, unintentional scene music. Yeah, we'll set the stage. It's a scary movie. <laughs> Even though there's no uh. thunder in this movie. It's all bright, no. sunshiny days. <laughs> it's pretty. It's so pretty, too. That's gorgeous. Well, I, I guess my first impression, I had first watched the first half of this film a couple weeks ago when I thought we were doing it. Right. Um, <laughs> but I did remember it. And it was, I was really enjoying it more than I thought I would. A lot of times with like older horror movies, especially from like, I do like ones from the seventies, but a lot of times like the sixties and eighties kind of throw me off. Like, you know, the special effects aren't as great or, you know, the dialogue seems kind of funky and like the tropes are not really my kind of thing, but I was really enjoying like the creepiness of it, how it really made me feel uneasy because the people were so weird and <laughs> it was almost like they knew they were being weird on purpose, <laughs> yep. which, you know, kind of fits into the ending, but yeah, <laughs> I also was like very, and I think he was supposed to, I don't know if he was supposed to be our like definite hero of the story, but like the cop, I was immediately put off by because he was like, <laughs> so rude and mean to these people <laughs> from the yeah, get-go that fits <laughs> in with my first impressions <laughs> <laughs> he was just such a dick yeah well i'll say from the get-go it was one of the most 70s movies i've ever seen in my life yes. <laughs> like everything about it said i was made of the 70s <laughs> yeah what really jumped out to me about it being 70s was like the two main like blonde actresses oh, i was yeah. like that was like they look like they are like if you were like, show me a 70s uh, blonde bombshell, I was like, it's those two. <laughs> it's that look. Well, I mean, besides like the all the old fishermen who populate the majority of the mm-hmm. movie, um, every other character is so 70s. I also was definitely identifying more with the townsfolk. And yeah. <laughs> I thought the twist was excellent, even though I kind of, you, I mean, you'll see as we're going through uh, the uh, recap or whatever, like I was trying, I was like, this is my prediction of what's going to happen. Of course, at the end, like, I already know what's going to happen, but I don't think I predicted it correctly anyway. So, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the music. Oh, the other thing I did not realize until watching or getting like halfway through, I was like, oh, so this is a musical. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah that's 
that was something that kind of like caught me off. I was like, oh, we're just throwing in musical numbers, sort of. It really <laughs> felt like a crazy musical. And I was like, this is everything. But I'm, I'm here for the ride. Yeah, I feel like what this movie wanted, it, like in a way, it almost like what I got from it was that it made me want to feel like I was in a fever dream a little bit. And <laughs> because you're, I think it's trying to make you feel like how the cop is feeling, like what is going on? And I'm so confused yeah. and I feel like this is all crazy. Am I really seeing this? And I feel like you did a great job that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did not see the twist coming. Although I kind of like sort of already knew something was going to happen towards the end, but I was like, I understand the intricacies of the twist. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, even thinking that I've already seen it possibly, and definitely having seen the other version of it, I still was like, Oh, whoa. (laughs) 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 <laughs> even though I was kind of you know in the right ballpark of what was gonna happen right. but yeah definitely enjoyed it me too so should we uh do some some notes sure <laughs> okie dokie all right, so it came out in 1973. It was directed by Robin Hardy. It feels so like the intersection between the hippie generation and like the disco era and, you know, moving mm-hmm. into the Reagan. I was born in 78, so that's mm-hmm. like the tail end. So I always kind of think of the 70s as like a weird kind of nostalgia, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a, a baby nostalgia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of like understand it because I was born in 94 and I always feel like I'm, you know, I by the time we were out of the 90s, I was only six. So it's like, how much right. of the 90s could I really <laughs> digest? But I always like identify as like a 90s kid because <laughs> I just remember that stuff from a kid and like, you know, kids yeah. I feel like are so... Like their um, memories of being a kid is always like, everything was great. (laughs) It was so much fun. (laughs) All the good stuff. Oh, I remember the bad stuff of the 80s, even though I was a kid. But like the 70s Uh, (laughs) is just like, you know, TV shows and stuff that my parents loved. So I would watch or, you know, music that they loved. So I would listen to. (laughs) Right. It's a lot of like introduction. Yeah. Um, the screenplay was written by Anthony Schaefer based on the novel Ritual by David Pinner. So he's also credited. Um, which I kind of want to read the novel. I'm like, I wonder if there are any differences. (laughs) And so for our cast, we have Edward Woodward, Edward Woodward as uh, Sergeant Howie, Christopher Lee as Lord Summer Isle. I had no idea it was him until afterwards when I was looking up notes. I was like, whoa, I knew Lord Summer Isle was very something, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, like at first I like, I remember when he first came on screen I was looking, I was like, why do I recognize his face? And (laughs) he just looks like insanely different. He looks like super seventies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he was so good. I really enjoyed him in this. Yeah. For, um, I don't know if this is in your notes, but what, one of the things I read was that he, was pretty instrumental in the movie happening. Like he mm-hmm. kind of made it be written for himself to play that part. So Right. Yeah, that's kind of like, he was one of the people that I kind of read about who was like super into the movie and was like really basically wanting to do anything to make it happen. Yeah. And so it just seemed like this film had like an impact on people who are really into like storytelling. Yeah. And then we have Diane Salento as Miss Rose, Britt Eklund as Willow. Uh, Ingrid Pitt as the librarian, 
Lindsay Kemp as Alder McGregor. I'm trying to like a lot of these people, you know, they're random. They're old people. British people that we probably don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were all probably in a Doctor Who episode. At point. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's <laughs> riddled with Doctor Who people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of them are people. I think it was a lot of the, the cast list isn't huge. So I think you see really a lot of the cast throughout the entire movie. And those are kind of like the main characters, you know, the bartender and the two blonde yeah. women. And then the librarian, I'm assuming is like the school teacher maybe. Oh, I and, did read something. The librarian was someone who had retired from acting, but they like got her back to do this one part. <laughs> no, maybe not uh, the school teacher, maybe not the librarian. Or maybe the school teacher. Same. I, <laughs> I don't know because I don't specifically remember a librarian, but there well, was that I one did... lady at the library was sitting next oh, to the but I don't know if she was the librarian I thought that was a very yeah. odd scene yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found that one to be very Lynchian because she was just like looking and it was and like one like of those talking things out loud <laughs> they skinned babies and I'm like are you still <laughs> on the island what is happening <laughs> <laughs> she's like what are you reading <laughs> but also I what I and we can kind of get more into that scene but I noticed it throughout the movie that sometimes when I thought he was talking like in his head are talking out loud he was his mouth was not moving right so it was that kind of scene like had a couple of both yeah <laughs> yeah so i was like it's so weird and spooky and creepy yeah i'll i did read that the original cut of the movie was like a little over 100 minutes but mm-hmm. i don't know if like both the english and the american version for some reason they wanted him to cut it so it ended up at like 89 or whatever and yeah, there's always been like this. Oh, if only the you know we need a director's cut. I don't know if there ever was one produced, but there are definitely some parts at the end where I was like, I don't think you're explaining what's happening right now because no. I am not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there when uh, some of the stuff I had looked up, actually I can pull it up. It's part of this notes about why we like apparently we're never going to see a full cut of the movie because the 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 negatives were like stored in uh-huh. the safe or whatever and then like once the new heads of the studio or whatever came in they were like clear out the safe but they actually they didn't meant all the old stuff but mm-hmm. somehow this reel got caught up in all the old stuff so it got thrown out so we'll never see a full we cut we were just talking movie. about this with sense and sensibility even though that one did have mm-hmm. the whole thing but like other Jane Austens out there have the, had the same thing happen to them. Right. It's just silly stuff in the 70s. Although that was probably more intentional than just right. accidentally throwing away a film against her or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It was just, it got caught up in that, which sucks. So we'll never get a full cut of this movie, unfortunately. <laughs> and then some of the other things I read about, Christopher Lee apparently appeared in the movie for free. He didn't get paid at all. Oh, really? Yeah, he was yeah. trying to change his Hammer Horror per- persona because he had done a ton of Hammer Horror. And so he was like, mm-hmm. I need a more, you know, real character, not a monster. I think he was monsters. Right. I don't know. Maybe he was just... Because this Monstrous. is still horror. <laughs> He's definitely yeah. not a normal guy. So I don't know. But no. he was very intent on playing this. Maybe it's more like a refined summer. evil villain, almost. I didn't even find him that evil, honestly. <laughs> yeah no i i was like it's yeah he wasn't that evil in this and necessarily i guess like from our perspective it's like you know i'm like is would that have happened if the cop wasn't a dick i don't like i'm like i don't i don't know what the factors were that were they were like we're gonna sacrifice him oh well yeah well let's wait until we get to it because 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and then apparently he also considers this to be one of his greatest roles ever. Nice. So he is very into this movie. <laughs> the evil eye rowing boat that is takes uh-huh. him to and from his plane was actually part of the town. It was not like a prop. They saw it and they were like, oh, it's got to be like in the movie. And apparently it survived until it was destroyed in storm in 2004. So it's no mm-hmm. more. Is this an actual island that they filmed the whole thing on? Yes. Interesting. And I think uh, some of the people even in the movie, like were people who lived on the island. Ah. I think it's like one of those things where they kind of go to the location and they were like, you want to be in the movie? And people <laughs> are totally down for it. I right. think some of the history, maybe some of the history is, I don't want to like misspeak, but I think it's part of that island's history. Oh, well, they definitely, I know that the writer did a lot of research on actual ancient practices and, mm-hmm. you know, gods and goddesses and what people believed and how they worshipped and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which they say at the very beginning, they're like, special thanks. There's like a note at the right. beginning of the <laughs> opening thing. From the executive producer. <laughs> and I was like, is this like trying to make me think that this is a documentary of some sort or, you know, like based mm-hmm. on real life things? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, real life events. <laughs> I mean, it kind of was, but in a way, like not at all. <laughs> right. And then more Christopher Lee stuff. He paid for his own press tour out of pocket. <laughs> And was willing to go anywhere that wanted to interview him about the movie. You could be so indie in the early 70s in your movie making. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Is there an Iowa in England, I guess? Because. <laughs> Probably. Or maybe. Well, um, I don't cause... know. Is that a Native American word or is that a. I don't. Well, it might. I guess it could be America, but uh, there's a note saying. All of our according... names either come from a person, a place in England, or a Native American word. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's a note saying that there's a root, like according to like a rumor, it's not necessarily a hundred percent fact, but some farmers in Iowa were surprised to see him on live early morning public access shows promoting the movie. And I, well, maybe it was America because they had a North American release and everything. Yeah, so. it probably was that, and I. I don't know. I was just thinking, I'm like, this is such like a UK movie. I'm like, it just seems super <laughs> UK, but it probably could have been. The play, they, you know, they filmed it in Galloway, Scotland in 72. Oh, right. Scotland. And apparently through, even through like the 60s, like the main, la- the Gaelic was like the main language spoken. That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure from well i mean i could be wrong it's i'm getting a lot of my history from outlander admittedly but i'm mm-hmm. sure she researched but i think after like like the 1700s there's a big uh, war thing and the english kind of like stamped out the language mostly and people have oh, like, was... had to relearn it recently yeah i think it was just the like summer isle oh okay interesting yeah it was like just like these like it wasn't like all of scotland it was like just these like small islands tiny island (laughs) yeah they were saying because a lot of the the actors that came in they were saying it's so weird that like in this part of scotland like gaelic was pretty much mainly spoken as the common language but like it's not anywhere in the movie (laughs) it's all english probably because you know they didn't even seem like they had scottish accents or anything i mean it didn't seem like any specific regional accent to me from what i could hear right <laughs> but yeah. you know there wasn't any strong like oh, we're speaking welsh accent right or scottish accent i i couldn't tell <laughs> yeah well a lot of the actors were not english or scottish um some of them were english some of them were australian 
And then mm. I think Britt Eklund was Swedish. Oh, interesting. So they kind of pulled from around. I know there are a couple sequels that they kind of made, <laughs> spiritual sequels. I don't think they're really. <laughs> I was wondering if Midsommar was based on this, but I haven't actually watched Midsommar. So. <laughs> me, me neither. And I want to because people keep talking about it, but. I will have to watch that by myself because Josh will not watch that with me. (laughs) Well, I didn't write an official recap, but I did, you know, just (laughs) take notes in the order that the movie was showing them to me. And I tried to put them into some sort of context so I would at least know myself what I was talking about. So like after we get the the thanks from the producer mm-hmm. <laughs> about the <laughs> island, um, we see a seaplane and we get some really, really pretty footage of just like the, I guess, Scottish I- seaside <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all the islands. And there's like this folk music underneath. And I was like, I like British folk music. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was like, it sounds so... I don't know. It just sounds so like fun and (laughs) non-threatening. And then we get the second folk song, which I was like, it's this one. I just from that moment, I was like, this is so seventies, but then we get (laughs) corn rigs and barley rigs, (laughs) (laughs) which was a really particularly fun folk song. I didn't even notice until it landed that it was a police plane. Did you notice when he was flying no. around up in the air? No, <laughs> no, I didn't. I just assumed it was like some sort of water yeah. plane that they just got because <laughs> they're police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he lands in the water and they're like, nope, <laughs> you can't come. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I remember when he landed and they were all just like staring at him, like he's old, uh, mean looking fisherman. I was like, you need to come back with more people. <laughs> this is already <laughs> too scary for me. And I would turn around immediately. I know. I was like, what kind of, I mean, this plane is not great design. It's like you land where you land and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, <laughs> I, like towards the end, I was like, is it sinking? And I was like, no, me it's just too. It sits that low in the water. <laughs> I was like, is that how it's supposed to be? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So, it's at the very beginning, it, he finally, he does get, they roam ashore. And I was like, I ha- must fight my inherent love of old men. These cannot be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> we are opposites because any old man, I'm like, immediately threatened. And I need to be I Well, see, away. intellectually, I know that I should not just automatically dressed old white men definitely not and yet i see their old little faces and i'm like but you're so cute (laughs) (laughs) sometimes they're they surprise you with a good one but i I just have to fight my own conditionings i'm like oh like it's 20 old men who obviously are not helpful and are probably evil but yet i'm like oh look at these sweethearts (laughs) (laughs) so we kind of like see this idyllic looking town there's lots of like people peeking out of windows and doors <laughs> <laughs> can i just take one second pause to say i just got a notification that a cold front is coming through and it doesn't have quotation marks on it this time yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the lowest supposed to be in the 60s this week i know last time it was like a cold front 
quote, quote, quote <laughs> coming through. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> it's like, you'll get your 70s and you'll like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they go to the post office. Because I guess this, mm-hmm. he's like looking for this little girl. And they say, well, he's like, I know who the mother is. The mother is this lady. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that lady, she works at the post office. So they go to the post office, which looks like a very morbid candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell I if it was like, at first I was like, is this the post office? It looks like like a treat shop, but doesn't seem like they're, they would get a lot of business to have that many candies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot going on on this island that we I don't think we get a look at, but no. Also, they, I think they later go to, a, like, an apothecary, and I don't know if it's the same as the post office. There's a lot of stuff at the end that I'm like, I am very confused, but yeah, we'll get too. to that later. <laughs> yeah. she, so he's talking to this lady, and she's like, oh, no, my daughter is younger than that, and she's in the back room back there. So they go find this little girl, and she does not look like the girl in the picture. And she says that Rowan, the girl he's looking for, is a hare. Uh. And so the whole time I'm thinking, she's going to be a rabbit in the end. (laughs) (laughs) I was like looking back and I was like a hare. I was like, is that like a a thing for like a red herring? I don't, I know they're not the same animals, but. I remember this, this post office had like chocolate babies and chocolate rabbits that look like they weren't like cute little Easter bunny rabbits, they're like scary hairs. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> kind of wiry yeah. looking. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> so, does this version involve bees? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen on um, one of the recaps I watched for like for Marvel stuff, they always use whenever, like, I think they're talking about like, oh, what's it called? What's her, what's her name? Uh, Ant Man or like Wasp. They always like play that part of the 2006 where he has the bees. <laughs> he says, not the bees. Uh, i think that was like the first episode of how did this get made which is one of my favorite podcasts right the wicker man yeah okay so this is our first musical number yes (laughs) he goes to the pub (laughs) to get a a place to stay which i guess they don't have any accommodations on this island for visitors because it seems like a pretty enclosed community although they have all the amenities of modern day so people must go back and forth you know, I'm sure <laughs> to get stuff. They're, I mean, they're not making everything they need on that island. No, I mean, yeah, there's there, <laughs> there's no way. I I'm sure like there's electricity. The past, yeah, <laughs> I'm there? sure like they've modernized the island as much as they could. Or yeah, yeah. It seems like it doesn't seem like a desolate kind of like we're secluded. We don't see outsiders ever, ever, ever. Yeah. It seems like they know it. Yeah, I had some questions about when we finally get to the explanation as to what is happening with this or how this island started, I was like, so are like the buildings here, were they from previous people who lived on this island? That's where a lot of my confusion was lying Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the explanations. Okay. So (laughs) yeah. So they all start singing this song about trying to, about the landlord's daughter and like how she, I think she, I, it's like they're trying to get hook them up with the landlord's daughter through yeah. <laughs> a, a rowdy song about her sexual proclivities. And then I was like, wait a minute, is this a performance art piece? And you know what? 
now that I know the end, kind of it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, knowing the end, I'm like, they just wanted to say, instead of just like trying to seduce him, they were like, we're going to do a whole musical number and we're going to yeah. practice for weeks so that we're all in sync. Well, it's almost like a lot of what's happening is like some sort of magical ritual. Yeah. Checking off boxes or something. They they feed him and he's like, it's disgusting. And I think they're like, well... Our local crops failed, so this is imported stuff from the mainland. And I was like, okay, so he can't eat the local food. Does that make this a fairy island? This is what I was, where my thoughts were at the beginning. Because, <laughs> you know, the whole fairy, you're not supposed to eat there. Right. And then we have a weird, I guess he goes for a walk. <laughs> because he's mm-hmm. like, you guys fed me crap, and you're trying to hook me up with the landlord's daughter. And then so he goes <laughs> for a walk. And finds this weird jittery sex scene. Yeah. It's like, it's like dark and all these people are having sex on the beach. And I was like, is this even real? And then they're like watering graves and there's a lady crying naked on a grave. So mm. I, I was like, okay, is this some weird like sex death ritual thing? <laughs> <laughs> or is this just like the beach where people have sex? I don't know. <laughs> we're like trying to find a symbolism and they're like oh that's just um sex speech (laughs) it's just (laughs) where they all hook up i um i kind of feel like it was because i feel like there was a lot of symbolism and maybe like pagan symbolism that's been kind of like made for like that's been kind of like interpreted for like movie pagan symbolism i mean like the um i believe the the inn or the tavern mm-hmm. is like the green man in and the green man is like one of the ancient gods. Um, oh. It's he's like in charge of, I think the light half of the year. Uh-huh. So from the winter equinox up until fall uh-huh. <laughs> or I guess, no, the spring till fall, you know, the, the time when it's getting darker yeah. <laughs> or the, when it's getting lighter. God, my, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like a, I think also like a an oak king or something. I don't. There's okay. another one for the winter time. Okay, I feel like um maybe like the whole symbolism of like the sex and like the nudity and like the crying around the graves and it was kind of like maybe the symbol of like not necessarily the circle of life but like just the different aspects of like entering life and then leaving life. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it must be based on, like, maybe some sort of old druid-type rituals. Right. Also, maybe Wiccan, because Wiccan, I know, was started in England, and it was based, it was kind of like an amalgamation of a bunch of older pagan, like, tidbits that people had kept practicing or knew about, and it kind of, like, got all compiled together, and that's how Wiccan, Wicca was made. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> the, the, what's his name? Howie? Inspector Howie? Yeah, I think it's Howie. <laughs> he's already, he's like, I'm ready to leave. Yes. But he needs to <laughs> investigate. And we start to see some of his background and his re- very religious upbringing. Mm. And it almost seems like he's a preacher, maybe. Like, did he say he went to seminary school or something? Like, um, I maybe he's a Puritan. So it could be part of the process. to be because puritans follow are like you know they're like we're the most pure because we follow it like religion to a t and we don't 
abstract. We follow the Church of England, which right. is derived <laughs> from Catholicism. I thought it was maybe Catholic because I just saw him taking like a communion, but I guess all Christianity does that pretty much. Yeah, I think Puritans basically like they are the most strict with straying from the rules of like Catholicism, basically. They don't really yeah. allow anything at all. <laughs> so I guess, okay, so this is where I'm starting to see like David Lynch parallels just in like the dreamy quality because mm-hmm. like Me too. he's having this flashback to his religious times. And meanwhile, we're getting like another musical number in which the bartender's daughter is singing like a siren through the walls like mm-hmm. it's almost like she's trying to entice him or whatever and he's like no must resist but still giving in <laughs> and i also wrote i haven't seen midsummer but i think it's like this <laughs> <laughs> i i i isn't it um like swedish isn't midsummer I, I think it's but it's, there's like a lot of uh similarities um i feel like because it is very much like a lot of blonde people trying to like make you a part of their ritual sort of and i (laughs) guess this is like the way i'm looking at all these like musical numbers and all these like uh dream sequences and everything it's almost like they are checking off boxes to make sure that he is exactly the sacrifice they need yeah because i was like what would have happened if he had been like given into this would they have just been like Oh, well, I guess we'll just sex him up and ship him out. <laughs> yeah, they probably would have been like, oh, look, we found her. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. There's like a really creepy doll on the wall during this whole weird mm-hmm. musical number. <laughs> it's also, this is where I wrote, is this a musical? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely some sort of like magical ritual, like a s- yeah. sexing through a wall. And <laughs> I was like... Uh, did you bring a cross? <laughs> because I feel like <laughs> just hold it up. <laughs> need your religion. Okay, and that's where I realized, oh, he's a virgin. And then she kind of implies that they'll sacrifice him. She's like, oh, you're a virgin? You better not stay around here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was like a mini test to be like, how hard had to see? <laughs> yeah. And it's and, very. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I hope this ends with him being turned into a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been the more uh, tame version. Yeah. And then next scene, I wrote, okay, it is a musical. <laughs> because <laughs> that's where we get the Maypole creation myth song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also started to think, why are there a d- disproportionate number of men on- to women on this island? It seems like all we've seen are yeah. men and just like the occasional girl. But then he goes into the school, and that's where all the girls are. And I was like, that's very interesting. All the guys are out there maypoling it up, and the girls are all in school learning. (laughs) Yeah, well, I feel like a lot of the female characters that we met seem to be a lot more, like, at least surface level, like, intelligent. Mm -hmm. Like, it seemed like a lot of the men were kind of, like, more brutish in a way that was like, you're the muscle and the women are the brains. And it seems like almost like they're in charge, except for like Lord Summer Isle. Yeah. The men are always have this goofy expression of like, oh, we're about to laugh in your face. Like we're yeah. in on a joke, <laughs> which they all are, I guess. It's right. just like, you don't realize it until the end. Uh, I like it when the teacher is like, and what does the maypole represent? And the kids are like, penis, penis, penis. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, this is the most normal classroom. I don't know why he's like so appalled. I was like, this is what kids always want to do. I know. I'm like, he's pretty prudish, but this island is kind of creepy. So it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, instead of seeing it as creepy, he's like, you know, they're heathens. They need to be converted to Puritans like me because I'm miserable. Yeah. And then he shows the class the picture. And I was like, could she possibly have sat in that conspicuously empty desk right in the middle of the room? <laughs> <laughs> and he has the same thought as me. <laughs> They're totally like, I'm looking back at all these scenes when we're talking about them. And I was like, it's like, even like the young girls are like, we're going to fuck with him. Make sure well, one they have that empty. like beetle on a string in her desk that's going around yeah. in circles. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> I was like, these people are weirdos. And he goes, You're you are despicable little liars. <laughs> 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 and then the teacher comes out to explain, like, oh well, she's dead, but we don't believe in death here, so she's like a tree now or a rabbit. But they still have like a whole graveyard full of gravestones. Right. But he does, he goes to, I guess, her grave and throws stuff around and makes a cross. And I'm like, that's a bit much, buddy. (laughs) You're kind of uh, imposing (laughs) your own stuff on this island. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, I I read in, um, I was doing notes that that actor went back a lot of years later and that wooden cross was still there. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. He was like, he found the cross. He was like, oh my God, that's so cool. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, my, I was like kind of really, I was a little bit against him before that. I was like, you're kind of annoying, but whatever. But when he did that, I felt like that was so insanely disrespectful. Cause like, you don't, and it just really put, I was like, I don't really care what happens to him. Let him get sacrificed. I mean, up until this point, I'm just like, he's kind of a prude. But at this point I'm like, you know, I'm starting to turn on you. I mean, it's not until we get to summer Isle that I'm seriously like, okay. I'm with the the, the island. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we see like we see a lot of weird stuff. Like we see the world's oldest lawnmower. Yes. <laughs> we see this the post office lady putting a frog into her kid's mouth so that sh- the frog will catch the sore throat, which is definitely an old folk medicine. That's like a real life thing that people used to do, or Quite at least say frog. that you should do. Yeah. So it will catch your sore throat for you. Like, it will catch your sore throat and take it away from you. Uh, um, I was like, that's me. worse than any medicine. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, give me some Theraflu or something, because I'm not swallowing a frog. Yeah. I was also starting to wonder around this time, like, does he even really have jurisdiction here? Or, like, I mean, someone must, I assume. But you would think it would be someone on the island. You know, like, I guess this, yeah. the country of England or whatever has the ultimate jurisdiction, it's, but. Yeah, it's one of those like, <laughs> things. Right. It's one of those things where, I mean, they didn't really have a local police, which in a way did kind of make me feel like a little uneasy that they didn't have any sort of like, because I was like, N- there's no way that every single person on this island is a good person. And because <laughs> there's a lot of people on this island. But yeah, I think they probably have a, a self-policing society. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it was very much like he, you know, he was definitely part of like whatever the police is a Scotland Yard. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think I, so. I don't um, know if that's actually in Scotland, but 
Yeah, but I feel Maybe like it he is. Was... I assume it is actually. <laughs> yeah, because isn't isn't no? I guess is Scotland's part of the UK, right? Yes. Yeah, so they are essentially. He was uh, being like, "Well, you're you're our country now, so I have jurisdiction everywhere." And it was very much a little too imperialist for me, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it's really trying to speak to, <laughs> like, right? You know, where rear window is asking us to question. Do we believe what we what we're seeing and what we're making up in our head? This one is like, are we gonna believe like the religious doctrines that we've all been indoctrinated with? Or right? Okay, well we go to like an apothecary with lots of gross pickled things, and there's like a jar labeled foreskins. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> then we see the Miss of Avalon musical number, which involves a lot of <laughs> naked girls jumping over a fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And we go to the big, huge castle on the hill, which is definitely more than two generations old. Yeah. And it almost looks like there's a portrait of Jane Austen on the wall behind him. I don't know. (laughs) There's like this one portrait that's there that I'm like, that is definitely a portrait that I am very familiar with, which made me think it's the, not the Jane Austen one that we have for the cover Mm -hmm. of our podcast, but there's another one that's like, we don't know who drew it. We don't really know if it's her or really looks like her at all, but right. I don't know if that was the one that was on his wall, but I could it's, see not, it's being, another one that I've seen before. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see him being like, she's a female author and they seem to like really favor like female intelligence um, True. and education. So I could totally see him being like, yeah, I love to read Jane Austen after our yeah. sacrifices. <laughs> I mean, she was definitely Christian, but I think they did a lot of more of the folk practices back in those days you know yeah and she wasn't necessarily like overt even with her religion like i don't really see you don't see a lot in her books about being like she is catholic and she is following the rules yeah well when we get to lord summer isle i'm suddenly like okay this is the jane austen david lynch cross up (laughs) yes i've been looking for because it's so jane austen with like the lord and you know his stick beneficial uh beneficent uh, mm-hmm. ruling of the land and all the yeah, inheritance and class. yeah i was like i get all of this because of all the jane austen we've read <laughs> oh, the, howie when at one point goes what what <laughs> he says what what a lot when he's first there he's like have you what never that? heard of jesus <laughs> <laughs> this is where he lost me even more i was like they don't need the condescending they are part of the UK. <laughs> They've heard of fucking Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord Summer Isle, 100%. I was like, this guy is a cult leader, and he yes. wins me over <laughs> from the first second. And I'm like, okay, this is yes. scary how easily led I am. But um, <laughs> he says one of the funniest lines. He goes, because they're watching these girls perform this jumping over a fire ritual which is supposed to Mm. help quicken them with child from you know god or whatever or you know their local pagan gods Mm. and he goes what girl wouldn't prefer the child of god over a poor acne scarred or artisan (laughs) i was like (laughs) got a point there (laughs) (laughs) and he's got like this very like he's very odd and he's got like Mm. this kind of odd look but he's also strangely reassuring and yeah i like that his name is summer isle <laughs> yeah summer isle it's i feel like that is some of the like 
main things that you see in cult leaders is they always have a very interesting, different look. And yeah. they're always like trying to be like, you know, very, like you said, reassuring, like, it's fine. Like, you know, this is normal. Everything's normal. You're not being crazy. Yeah. And I, 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 the, the, the ritual with like the um, standing stones and everything that really made me think. So they're like druids. Mm-hmm. Also very interesting that it's in Scotland, which any island in Scotland, I'm sure is cold as shit, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> freezing. But this is a summer isle and all the stuff mm-hmm. they end up growing is all like tropical looking. So yeah. yeah, he basically explains my grandfather started this magical isle <laughs> where they worship the old gods. And because of that, it lets them grow basically tropical fruit in mm-hmm. Scotland. <laughs> or <laughs> Which is pretty magical to be able to grow. Like they have palm trees and stuff. I'm like, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Not there. Yeah, I did. I did notice that. I was like the grounds here. I was like, who is the groundskeeper? Because it is so beautiful. <laughs> I know. Is that actually in Scotland? Because they've really got, they've got palm trees. I yeah, I think so. It looked very tropical. But that was really only the shot around the manor. So right. it had been trickery. <laughs> and uh, he asked for permission to exhume Rowan's body, and he's like, I already gave it to you. Go ahead, do whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> you <don't have> any <laughs> secrets from here. So he goes and digs up the grave, or has somebody else does it, and there's a rabbit in there. <laughs> we told you she's a hare. <laughs> and then we have another musical number, the Lord Summer Isle and his lady friend's musical number. <laughs> <laughs> so after Howie digs up the rabbit, he goes back to their sing along and um personally myself i'm like what you should be looking at is who sent that letter <laughs> and not right. throwing around dead animals in a room that's not going to get you anywhere I, I just he's not a very good policeman you know like <laughs> no you're going on this wild goose chase for a girl i would think investigating the whereabouts of the letter would be probably the best place to start well yeah i feel like you know i think really what they were trying to show was like the like the way that devout like puritan like christians are is like he was more swayed by the you know the paganness of the island rather than trying to actually find her he was just like basically he discounted their ability to like assist him at all from the get-go because they were like different essentially yeah he gets so like blinded by the pagan barbarity as he calls it right (laughs) Yeah. And it's like the imperialist uh, attitudes of like Christian nations yeah. when they go and they're like, is... they're all barbarians. Exactly. And that's, this is the part in the movie where I go, am I going to be happy when they sacrifice him? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. So I looked it up and his castle is in, um, it's technically a mansion. I guess, I don't know if it doesn't have official castle status or something, but it is uh-huh. in Scotland. It is Colzian Castle in South, oh God, South Ayrshire. Ayrshire? <laughs> A-Y-R-S-H-I-R-E. Ayrshire? Ayrshire. Air? Is it Ayr? Ayrshire? Ayrshire? It could be. I'm trying to say it with a Scottish accent, but my Scottish accent <laughs> is horrible. I can't, I can't do it with based on one word. Um, <laughs> it's so funny that I didn't realize this was Christopher Lee because I'm like, oh, he's got such a deep voice. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I, okay. Okay. So this might be maybe why those trees are there. So the exterior of the castle is in Scotland, but like the gardens are in the UK and it's the Logan Botanical Gardens. I was going to say they didn't show the trees next to the castle. It was a turned away from the castle shut. So that makes sense. It's still pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I made a, a guess here with 30 minutes left in the movie. I said, my guess, they're going to magic him up, then sex him up, <laughs> then sacrifice him up. <laughs> you got they two of those right. Either of those, actually. They didn't magic him or sex him. I mean, well, I guess you, you of... could argue that they've been magicking him this whole time. That's true. <laughs> and I was also wondering, like, is this actually an official investigation? I guess someone at least would come looking for the plane, if nothing else, right? Yeah. An official police plane. So then he goes to the library and does some research. And I wrote, wait, what? She's not dead. Rewind. (laughs) I had to rewind (laughs) the movie a little ways so I can figure out what the heck was going on. And I I don't think I really got much. (laughs) Except for (laughs) that he thinks that they skin children. Or he was like... I guess he decides at this point the crops weren't working or the crops are dead because they fed me shit. So they must not have any crops. So Rowan must be dead. But I was like, or Rowan must be alive. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, that doesn't even make sense to me. Like, right. Why, if they knew the crops would fail, would they not sacrifice her? But like, how are they all so happy and jovial if the crops failed? I don't know. Yeah, I maybe he at this point because he's found like no evidence of her body or of her being killed then he was kind of like okay so she must be alive still somewhere um because i guess after like thinking about like all the girls in the school it seems like he maybe he's sort of coming into the idea that everyone is kind of in on this something that's going on and he's like well she must not be dead then because they would just turn him away at the end like do they actually sacrifice anybody normally like besides animals is this just like we're just anyway well hold on we're almost there (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i i actually wrote i'm actually finding it really hard to follow sergeant howie's internal logic in this moment as to how he's coming up with this is like one of those parts where i'm like i bet this is part of the 10 minutes that got lost maybe and i actually at that point had to look up his name because I had no idea what his name was. <laughs> they don't say his name very often at all. <laughs> um, then uh, someone in a snappy dragon costume kind of lures him through the town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, I mean, if there wasn't the chance of a sacrifice, it all looks like a lot of fun, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, everyone seems to be having a great time. Like, seems like they're all like, doing i don't know if it's like decorating stuff or whatever but it seems like they have fun it's like if only there wasn't a death at the end of this (laughs) yeah and i'm like you know if he wasn't such a prude maybe he'd be more sympathetic um Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering like if you're extremely christian or if i mean if you are christian i don't know if there's like a difference but um would you be more and are you like sympathizing with howie the whole time and be like oh what's this you know i'm just curious like in a modern day people who watch yeah. this, like 
I don't know. Hmm, if you are Christian and you watched it, are you thinking opposite of us and sympathizing with Howie right. the whole time? <laughs> right. I just need to it's know It's not that my... I want them to kill him, but I'm just like, you know, I, I kind of like these people. I mean, we haven't found out what's really going on yet. But, right. Um, they don't seem threatening or violent or bad. And he's just completely made out to be like a really rude, mean, close-minded person. But also I'm like, is that my past trauma with Catholicism into play? And I'm just immediately <laughs> anti him or? <laughs> well, they definitely are playing up the like, the prudishness big time. Yeah. Like, I don't really think there's many <laughs> Christians who would be his age and still be a virgin, honestly, no matter how Christian. Yeah. Well, I wonder I if like, because <laughs> like, we don't ever find out. Do we ever find out where he's from, like specifically in Scotland? Um, he is a Puritan, though. I didn't even know Puritans still existed. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if it's like, if he's like from a smaller village in uh, Scotland and they're still Puritan, they're very devout. Um, it might be something where he's not like a big city kind of person. So he doesn't really have access to all that stuff. But also like, it does seem weird that he's that age and still a virgin because it feels like even Puritan would be like, I'm going to experiment a little bit. I mean, you think i'm just thinking the male gender in general right it's not good <laughs> right <laughs> okay so uh, a dead there's a girl who plays dead in the closet and i'm like oh you got a good girl <laughs> just so random <laughs> well, well it was so funny and but i was like she really like just fell out of there like she didn't like brace herself <laughs> she just like completely face planted on the floor <laughs> All for a joke. All to, to mess with this policeman. Yeah, so yeah, they're going... This is where Elsa was like, these buildings look older than three generations old. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if this was a town before the grandfather bought it. And like, did he get all the townspeople or did they move away? I was a little unclear. I think he might have kind of said what happened to... The people before. He said before. something about people moving away. So I... I don't know. Yeah. Like a cult? Did he gather all these or like a commune? That it could be that. I was like, I I got a weird vibe considering that all these people, like you said, like his mansion, I guess you could say, didn't necessarily look super old, but the houses and everything looked like they had been there for a long time. And so yeah. I kind of was like under the impression like did his grandfather come in and it was like, you know, I'm going to claim this island for myself because I'm rich and I can do whatever I want. And then kind of got swept up in the like magic and paganness of it. And kind of just was like, I'm going to become part of this island, but I'm going to be your quote unquote, like leader in a way. Right. That's I mean, the kind of the vibe like, I got. What? Late 1800s that his grandfather would have come. That's what it felt reasonably. like. Reasonably. <laughs> Unless they live for a really long time. Which they didn't say that, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> they are magical there. Right. So, okay, so he goes he goes to sleep, and they light this hand of glory to try to keep him asleep. The bar mm-hmm. owner, I guess, is wearing a clown costume, because I was like, why is he wearing parachute pants with slits in one leg? <laughs> He's the jester. <laughs> yeah, I realize now, looking back, the hand of glory was very funny looking <laughs> <laughs> it was um, gross. <laughs> so he hits the bartender in the hump of his costume and knocks him out. And I was like, <laughs> he's playing dead, obviously, because uh, 
That was not even barely a hit. You hit the padded right. portion of his costume. Well, um, he fell and his eyes were like, his eyes were open and he was like, it almost was like comically like, bleh. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're not a good cop. <laughs> yeah, actually, I kind of felt at this point, because I didn't know it was going to be the big reveal. I was like, right. it feels like they're making every effort to not have to kill him in the sacrifice. Like, if you show up, you are going to be the sacrifice. But like, they're right. trying to keep him asleep and blah. But like, this is all part of their master plan. Yeah. So, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I actually said, assuming that's what happens at the end, but it's not. <laughs> so then there is a strange and creepy parade, which I deeply love. <laughs> <laughs> it has a sword fight in the middle of it. There's girls with pinchers. <laughs> Lord Summer Isle is in drag leading the way. <laughs> I was like, is this like um, a weird little foreshadowing of his character in um, Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Just like <laughs> long robes, long hair. Okay, I don't know why I wrote chop, 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 chop. Haha, <laughs> it's Holly. But <laughs> oh, it's when they form the um, the symbol. It almost looks like a pentagram. Oh, when they have With the, the sword. slicing sword. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they did it to like the person with the big rabbit head. And they were like, oh, my God. And then she like oh, right. pops her head out and she's like, hey, it's me. Ha. Okay. Just kidding. I got it. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> chop, 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 chop. Yeah, that was a really interesting. Like everyone has to go through this gauntlet of sticking their head between the swords. Uh, which felt very like a symbolic thing. I was like, I don't think they really yeah. chop anyone's head off in the ceremony normally. <laughs> no. But he certainly thought they were going to chop his head off. Yeah. And then we see Rowan. <gasps> oh, no. She's tied she up. Alive. He runs up and she's like already ready. Like, yes, let's escape. Let's get out of here. Did you know they were going to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> And there's like crazy music, which definitely sounds like a 70s rock opera music, like guitar. <laughs> it feels very like Tommy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we had the big reveal that this was Ugh. all an extremely elaborate plot. <laughs> <laughs> the whole town planned the whole thing. Basically, they needed an old policeman virgin. <laughs> kind of again. <laughs> and I thought it was very nice of them to explain themselves before <laughs> they sacrificed him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Does he say he's one of the great fools in history? Is how we say that? Uh, about the policeman? About himself? Yeah, does the policeman... I'm one of the great fools in history or something, or I don't know. I wrote in quotation marks, one of the great fools in history. Maybe that's Lord Summer Isle calls him that. I don't know. <laughs> I think so, because like their whole, the big reveal kind of like, they do do like kind of a really good job of like explaining why he's the perfect sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> because he's a virgin. And basically we kind of look back and we see that he's, you know, they tried to seduce him to see if he really was, and he was very much not. And then it kind of seemed like they were like, you were uh, close-minded and tried to quote-unquote play God, and you're actually the fool because you had no idea the whole time that uh. we had this plot against you. A fool playing yeah. God, basically. It's like their whole thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And they were, and basically, I think it was Lord Summer Isle was just like an extra dig being like, you're the biggest fool in history because you're a jackass. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he explains everything, and I assume by the explanation that they don't actually do stuff like this very regularly. It's like, right. you know, maybe once every three generations we need to sacrifice someone with the perfect criteria, and we found you and lured you here and did an entirely right. huge elaborate ruse involving every single person on this island just to <laughs> convince you to run around and investigate and just to get you here to this one spot. I guess it was also a test to make sure he fit the criteria. And he's really not fighting them at all. <laughs> I was like, I think I would be yeah. fighting them a lot more if I were him. <laughs> yeah. Well, then also it's like, if I, if they had told me that I was going to be a sacrifice uh, at that point, I would be like, you're not going to sacrifice me. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to jump off these I'm cliffs. Run off this. I mean, I would still be a sacrifice, wouldn't it? I, I guess. I mean, I don't know if they, if it's just like the death part of the sacrifice or if it's like the combined elements of the ritual stick him in that wicker man right <laughs> and i was like man they never sexed him up and i was like i guess they couldn't have <laughs> now nope. that i know he had to be a virgin that was um, the test so it's yeah that was the test so uh and they also are like see we're nice we're making you a martyr isn't that what you want being christian and all <laughs> oh gosh yep it's like <laughs> that weird hypocrisy of being like i would die and then it's like when it comes you're like wait i don't want to die <laughs> yeah he's like think about what you're doing and i'm like um they've been thinking about it for a while you can't ask them to think about what they're doing they've right about it. they planned this entire uh ruse to get you to do this so yeah. <laughs> they know and even though i'm kind of like on the town side strangely i still am like oh this is not a nice way to kill someone though no it seems horrible There's a bunch of animals in there and i was really hoping that the last shot would be like to see the plants growing <laughs> oh that would have been so like ugh, chills yeah because he like tries to curse them at the end and i'm like i don't think your curse is gonna have much power over this I mean, this looks like a bunch of OG cursors, you know, like. Right. Also. They've got the cursing power. <laughs> also, like, there are no such thing, I think, as Puritan curses. Like, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> so... I yeah, I don't think you can just decide now, oh, I can curse, even though that was a no-no up until this second. Right. Yep. And the very last few seconds, I thought, have I seen this before? <laughs> <laughs> and I did think, at the very end, I was like, this is very horrible and yet i'm very much laughing at it because you know it's a whole town like smiling and singing around this burning wicker man and i was like you know that feels very lynch to me to be yeah kind of horrified <laughs> and kind of laughing at the same time right sticking i guess humor in the worst places <laughs> and then the perfect button to this movie was that when it was over, it was like, next up, Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you're in the mood for some uh, ritual sacrifices. <laughs> yeah. It was perfect because I watched this movie. There was, I swear I had written down, there was some line where they're like, heathens and pagans. And I was like, oh, you mean me? <laughs> <laughs> he is yelling that out at them. I've definitely called myself a heathen and a pagan at times in my life. Um <laughs> <laughs> definitely more of that school of spirituality than christianity so i, yeah. I definitely after i watched it yesterday which happened to be the autumnal equinox or maybach <gasps> i was like you know what <laughs> i should light a candle and do some maybach festivities i'd almost forgotten that it was maybach because i don't know just ever since i moved i just 
I haven't done any sort of holiday stuff. <laughs> yeah, you used to have your your altars, and so yeah, you need to do them. <laughs> well, I hopefully <laughs> will. Now I'm starting to get stuff organized a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but and then I was inspired. Once, yes, and we'll have to maybe plan some Yule stuff like we did before. Yes. Well, there's definitely a Halloween or a Samhain coming up. And that's why we are doing this episode because now that we're done with the recap, I guess, I will say that uh, this is our hundredth episode, I believe, or the last Mm. one was, I'm not sure, but I think it's this (laughs) one. Um, (laughs) And because we've decided that the end of December, beginning of November is going to be Pride and Prejudice, the A&E great version. We're doing that for Christmas, but it'll take like six weeks. And that's a long time to go without any David Lynch for our David Lynch people. And even though technically this isn't David Lynch, (laughs) (laughs) there's just not enough David Lynch to spread throughout everything. So we're doing some inspirational stuff. Right. But also because it's like Halloween time, we wanted to throw a couple of more spooky movies in there and i think this definitely fits the bill this will come out the beginning of october and we'll definitely we're gonna do next uh becoming jane just because we can't do Mm -hmm. you know we gotta have a little bit of jane austen in there right and then we're gonna do carnival of souls which i'm very excited about i can't wait to do that one and then i mean technically it might be after Halloween, <laughs> or it might be the week of Halloween, we're going to do Wild at Heart as our next Ooh. big David Lynch movie. Very excited about that. Me too. I almost feel like I should definitely watch the the other Wicker Man before, just like, like <laughs> Nick Cage in my brain. <laughs> Nick Cage and pseudo Lynchian vibes. I'd be like, bad Nick Cage? Good Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm excited um, to have this like little horror section and horror section. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I love horror movies. Yeah, I especially like. I mean, I personally really do like the older ones. Um, hopefully, you'll like Carnival of Souls. On that one, I really love, and I can definitely see that one being influence on Lynch. And yeah, I can't wait to just tell the story of how I first watched that movie. But. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed this casual episode. I don't know if we do. Do we? We have done recommendations for the casual ones, haven't we? Or have we? I think so. I think we. I maybe we've done recommendation or like something that you're really enjoying right now. Okay. Maybe. Um, yeah, I actually do have something. Oh. Because I said a couple of weeks ago that I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race, and right. because of that, my YouTube. Um, recommendations it's shifted quite a bit and i discovered a spooky version of rupaul's drag race which um it's called dragula but i don't actually want to recommend that show even though it's a great i mean it's a good show if you want to watch it i would it's definitely good for the halloween spirit it's definitely got some elements of it that i'm like not you know it's just not the kind of thing i necessarily like to watch but they mm-hmm. have the Boulet brothers who made the show Dragula have a podcast called Creatures of the Night, which oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I have been binging 
because it's a really uh, cool podcast. It's like, and I feel like this is kind of like their show too. So maybe it's just their philosophy on life, but it's like got a little bit of everything in every single episode. So like they, um, you know, talk about whatever they're up to. They review a scary movie. They might have an interview. They have like a little um, spooky story from history or like weird, oh, wow. you know, it's just got like a little bit of everything within it. And there haven't been a terribly large amount of episodes, but I'm very much enjoying it. I really like their personal aesthetic and, you know, kind of wish that I was in a cool enough place that I could go to one of the parties <laughs> that they throw. <laughs> but also, I'm not a party person anymore, so maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> it still seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love. I do enjoy Dragula a lot, um, the TV show. I didn't know they had a podcast, so I'll have to check out the podcast. I, yeah, I'm enjoying the podcast even more than the show. Even though I do like the show, oh. I just... There's like a fear factor element that I'm not really into. Yeah, I don't and like And there's that a lot of like behind the scenes drama that is like always my least favorite part of any reality show. Yeah, I, I maybe this is a controversial opinion about reality shows, but a lot of like the behind the scenes like drama stuff, I kind of like the edited versions of that. So <laughs> I, and this one, it seems like in their first two seasons, it was a little like unedited behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I just really like the produced kind of stuff personally yeah maybe that's true because i do i do like like um like a recap show where people will talk right. about the drama like yeah you can sum it up for me in like t- four sentences and right i'll be much more <laughs> into it than having to watch people yell at each other <laughs> yeah but i do enjoy their um their version of the reality runway. shows have like a, a jane austen character come in and be like okay this is what happened behind the scenes <laughs> <laughs> just so you know <laughs> i'd be way more into it <laughs> They can just show like little clips as they're telling what happened instead of having to actually watch it happen. Give me the highlights. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, do you have anything? I do. Um, I'm going to do a music recommendation. It is the album Dawn by Yeba. I have been kind of waiting for this album for quite a while. Yeba is, she's a singer from i think she's from like missouri or arkansas she's very like kind of like that kind of area of the south but she's got this very like full powerful voice and she's so vocally talented and she kind of put up this single called evergreen that was pretty good and there was like you know apple music sessions where she performed it live and everyone was kind of blown away and then she kind of like didn't really appear she did features here and there and then she finally released this album i think it was last week and it is so good she is like kind of playing around with like this almost like Adele, Amy Winehouse vibe, but uses a lot of like maybe some hip hop influences here and there. There is one song, which is my favorite called Boomerang that gives me very much. If you saw the TV show, The White Lotus, it gives me that kind of vibe. There's like a little bit of like hand drums in it. And it's (laughs) almost like a torch song maybe in a way, not really, but I don't know. It's so good. And I think you guys would like it. So I'd recommend that. Awesome. What are your final thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Use your editing prowess to throw it in. I really enjoyed this movie. I, I felt it did its job of making me feel uneasy and I didn't see the twist personally coming. Um, I knew something was going to happen based on like the 2006 remake. Right. But I didn't know if maybe that was like different than this one. And I really didn't see it coming. And 
the symbolism I thought was really cool. I feel like I learned a little bit about whatever that version of paganism is. <laughs> and I thought the shots were all really beautiful. And I feel like everyone was really good in it too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely really enjoyed it. I was surprised by who I was rooting for <laughs> as the movie went on. Definitely <laughs> kind of into the weird musical nature of it, but only because yeah. it was a weird 70s musical version. <laughs> I, you know, I come from musical theater, but like I can find it very annoying to sit through. <laughs> but, uh, don't tell all the people I take pictures of. But um, <laughs> my lips are sealed. But there is something about like um, that weird seventies, like it, like it's it's like we're, the song isn't really moving the plot forward, but it is a mm-hmm. part of like what's gonna naturally happen here, kind of a thing. It worked right. really well for me. And I I could see definitely it having an influence over just the whole idea of like quirkiness and small towns and like what weird characters are lurking in the background. And yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely see an influence on David Lynch specifically and, you know, Twin Peaks. So probably Mark Frost as well. <laughs> right. I did. I did wonder it's uh after the end, what it would be like if like Cooper would have come to Summer Isle and I feel like he would have not been sacrificed, not only because he's not a virgin, but (laughs) (laughs) because he He would have figured it out. (laughs) He would have figured it out. And I feel like he would have been totally game for like any of the rituals that people were doing or anything. He'd been like, this is so cool. Totally. They would have been like, he'd been like, I think I'm going to replace Lord Summer Isle. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This is so he would have been the perfect. Uh, yeah that would have been really cool oh just like the idea of cooper being the guy (laughs) right (laughs) Hmm, that'd be cool if you have any ideas for that please write us and let us know because i'd love to talk about that in our next uh check-in which is coming up soon and it is our two-year anniversary check-in so we would love to hear from you guys if you have any weird you know thought experiments or questions for us or anything about what we've done on the podcast for the last year or two years we'd love to hear from you yes you could email us at emannersofmadness at gmail.com you could dm us on twitter at manners madness or on instagram at manners madness pod or you could leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersofmadness.com yes and we hope that you will please <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely, whenever we get to our two-year anniversary, I'm going to have to be like, listen, I'm sorry I've been so bad about social media, and I'm probably not going to get better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. I just kind of have stopped looking at it, and I almost feel like everybody else has too, because whenever I do post something on there, it gets very few responses, and I'm like, is it just because I'm not continuously engaging, or is it just because everybody's kind of over it? A little bit. I don't know. I feel like it's that. I think everyone's kind of like, in a way, taking like whatever sort of break they can. Yeah. It's just uh, every day there's a new story on how destructive it is for our moral fiber. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I feel like at this point, everything is going to be destructive to my moral fiber. (laughs) (laughs) I've been in a weird mood lately. And, you know, but I guess I will... Go light some pagan candles. <laughs> yes, put some good Burn will some out. some incense. <laughs> yeah, I don't sacrifice things. 
but I do like to offer up incense. <laughs> <laughs> That's about and flower as uh, petals. <laughs> it's the only uh, sacrifice that will happen in the Maya household. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, or maybe occasional cockroach. Well, my philosophy is if a bug comes into my house, because if I went into a bug's house, it would definitely try to kill me. So if it comes into my house, <laughs> I'm going to yes. try to return the favor. <laughs> Especially cockroaches, because they're the grossest, worstest things alive. Yes. I mean, they're the only things I ever see in here. I wouldn't kill a spider. No, we're just getting no. way off topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting way off topic. <laughs> Same. I'm in a weird mood today. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is all for today. So see you next week with Becoming Jane. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye. (laughs) Bye.